Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 is our text this morning. I want to talk to you about the secret to success in the believer's life. And it is often a secret. It's held very tightly by some people instead of sharing it. Have you ever had someone say to you, I want to tell you a secret? And then they walk up and begin whispering in your ear. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I can't do that. Because that range in my hearing is completely gone. So I can't hear you. All I hear is wind. That's it. So if you want to tell me a secret, we need to go into a room, shut the door, and speak out loud. Well, I've got a secret I wanted to share with you this morning. It's Braley's birthday. Happy birthday, Braley. Amen. But when we're told I have a secret, I want to tell you, too often, even in the church, we follow the same pattern of holding it tight, not repeating it, not telling anyone. But the secret I want to tell you this morning needs to be shared. It needs to be repeated. It needs to be shouted from the rooftops. And the secret is the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord sees you through. The joy of the Lord buoys you up. The joy of the Lord pushes you through to victory. The joy of the Lord is just like the oil in that automobile engine. It has to run through you to lubricate that engine. Well, the joy of the Lord needs to run through you and I today, not be contained and captured, but spread to everyone around us. Amen. Now, I need to help you because I'm looking at you. And you're not smiling. See, the joy of the Lord says, tell your face you have the joy. There's an old song they used to sing in kindergarten or in Sunday school. And it said, if you have joy, you need to jump for it. If you want joy, you need to shout for it. If you want joy, you need to sing for it. No, if you want joy, let the Holy Ghost flow through you. Let him drive out all the issues that have so uh, compromised your joy and renew you today. If you want joy, ask for it. Ask for it. Because he's the God who provides it every single time. When we get to Nehemiah chapter 8, we're coming to the conclusion of Nehemiah's story. He, along with tens of thousands of Jews, were taken by the Babylonians when they invaded Israel and Jerusalem. They were taken back to Babylon. And it was there they were put to labors. Nehemiah was now the cupbearer of the king. He heard a word that the walls around Jerusalem were destroyed. God began to stir something in his spirit. And he actually had a decree from the king to go back, get all the supplies you need, and rebuild the wall because it's important to you and your people. In that process, there was a priest by the name of Ezra, who was also there at that time. Nehemiah rebuilt the wall. Ezra oversaw the rebuilding of the temple. And we turn to Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. And then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord. Neither be sorry, but the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. What a powerful statement. <coughs> Understand this occurred in context where Ezra took the book of the law that Moses gave the Israelites. 
and he stood and he began to read from it. It says, all of Israel, men and women were gathered there. And when they heard the word of the Lord, they bowed to worship him. And in that context, when they were hearing the word of the Lord for the first time in many of their lifetimes, something overwhelmed them. And Nehemiah said to them, after the word had been read, go, go back to your house. Don't keep this a secret. Share it with everybody because the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord. I think about that time and time and time again. And I'm absolutely convinced that joy should be just like a magnet that draws people to what they don't have. But too often, we put on a stone face when we're interacting with those who don't know Jesus because we don't want to be perceived as radicals. We don't want to be perceived as Jesus freaks. We don't want to cause a problem. Oh, can I tell you, the joy of the Lord never causes a problem. It brings the answers to our hearts and to our lives. Joy is not a season. How many times have you had people say, well, I'm just going through a season. That's why I'm sad. I'm going through a season. That's why I'm depressed. I'm going through a season. That's why I've withdrawn. No, the joy of the Lord is not a season. It is a way of living. It's a determination in your heart that joy is going to fill you each and every day, that you're going to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, not because of what you do or you don't have, but because of who he is. And when you begin to worship him, joy begins to flow into your hearts and your lives and things begin to change. Joy, rejoice, rejoicing, joyful. Those words are used over 400 times in the scripture. Matter of fact, in the Old Testament, in Hebrew, there are 15 different words for joy. Think about that. 15 different words, all expressing an aspect or a facet of the joy that God gives to us. You know, there are three sure signs that you're in love with Jesus and following him and living for him every day. Number one, you do what he tells you to do. You see, we are to obey the commands of the king. And if we don't, then we don't serve the king. We do what he tells us to do. Secondly, we love the people he commands us to love, which is everyone, everywhere. Everyone, everywhere. And then number three, we live with joy. We live in joy. We express the joy of the Lord. Can you think about it? A sad-faced Christian, a Christian who doesn't live in the joy of the Lord, is actually an oxymoron. Because it can't be. If you know Jesus, if you've been redeemed, if you've had your life changed, if he's touched you, if he's filled you, if he's done anything for you, you got to smile. And you understand the joy of the Lord is my strength. When we were in Montana a few weeks ago doing a basketball camp for Native American kids, I got the call from Corey Jones, our missionary, back in January, February saying, I want you to bring a team, but this is what I want you to do. And I'm thinking, well, that's that's really out of the wheelhouse of the church. A basketball camp, really? But as I prayed about it, I understood this was God's way of using us to touch the hearts of those third through 12th graders. 
by using something they love, the only activity and outlet they have on the reservation, not only to teach them how to play better basketball, but to show them there's a better way to live. To teach them that Jesus really is the answer. And I talked to the high school basketball coach and we had it all set up where we were coming to assist him and he was going to do the camp. I was comfortable with that. That's easy. No problem. When we got there, I found out he just had back surgery and he couldn't do the camp. So it fell on our shoulders and our responsibility. But you know what? In that moment, the joy of the Lord began to flow and those 14 people that were with us stepped up into a place and did what God called them to do because the joy of the Lord was their strength. You're going to be in uncomfortable situations. You're going to be in places where you're trying to make sense. Just allow the joy to flow. Allow it to flow. When you read verse 12 of Nehemiah chapter 8, it says, They rejoice when they heard the word of the Lord. Another translation says, They celebrated with great joy when they heard the word of the Lord. Philippians 4.11, I talked about this last week. I'm bringing it back again. Paul said, For I have learned, in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. The previous verse, he said, I've learned how to abound and have plenty. And I've learned how to suffer and had nothing. But in whatever state, whatever condition, whatever circumstance, I have learned to be content. You see, contentment is a product of joy. You'll never be content until the joy of the Lord begins to flow through you. You'll always be longing, always been reaching, always be wanting for something else to fill the void where the joy of the Lord should be. You'll be looking at trinkets. You'll be looking at things. You'll be looking at houses and cars and airplanes and motor. I didn't say that. Yeah, I did. Motorcycles. I tell you, Harley Davidson is after me. They emailed me several times a week. We got this bike that's perfect for you. My wife keeps rebuking them. See, we need to understand the joy of the Lord is what drives us, what pushes us through, what causes us to be victorious. I have learned, Paul said, in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. What state are you in today? And don't tell me Florida. What state are you in today? Don't tell me Kansas, Oklahoma. Don't tell me Montana or South Dakota or Texas or California. What state are you in today? I'm talking about your spiritual condition. Are you full of the joy of the Lord, which is your strength? Or when you put that dipstick in, it comes out dry. And because the joy isn't there, then everything is a hassle, a problem. Everything is monumental in your life. But when the joy of the Lord, which is your strength, begins to flow through you like a lubricating oil, it loosens everything up. It changes your focus. It causes you to realize, man, there's power in me because of the joy of the Lord. I have learned. You may not agree with this, but I believe it's a true statement. Joy is a learned state. Joy is a learned state. Jesus offers it to you, he gives it to you, but we have to learn to live in that state. We have to learn to allow the joy of the Lord to flow in us and through us to touch hearts and lives of those around us. Jesus said in John 15, 1, 
These things I've spoken unto you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. John 10, 10, we all know that. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But we forget the last part because this is what really matters. Jesus said, but I have come that you might have life and that more abundantly. What does abundant life look like? It looks like someone who's full of joy. Because when the joy of the Lord is your strength, your life is full. It's robust. It's vibe. It's alive. When the joy of the Lord is your strength. We need to understand the power that's in the joy of the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 15, 16, Paul said, Rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. From the message, be cheerful no matter what. From the new living, always be joyful. Do you understand that that's a command he's given to the church? Always be joyful. Rejoice evermore. In whatever state I am, I'm going to express the joy of the Lord. Maybe you can identify with Paul's words. Maybe you've been in that place of lack. And you're chafed against it. You fought against it. Or maybe you've been in that place of abundance and things were good. There were no real issues in your life. I've come to tell you, you won't stay in either of those states very long if the joy of the Lord is your strength. Because when he comes in, he allows you to focus not on what's out here, but on him, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I want to ask you a couple of questions this morning. Is real lasting joy even possible? Because so many of us have seen, so many of us have been in the place where joy ebbed and flowed. It came and it went. May I tell you, that's not where God wants us to live. I told you a little bit early and I didn't finish the statement, but all the stuff that's happening this morning with CG and sound, there was a time that would have really turned my crank. If I can quote Bill Self, I'd have blown a gasket. But you know, this morning... If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I don't need words on the screen or videos for announcements to be able to worship the Lord. That's all just the stuff that's supposed to enable us to know, but it can't be a distraction to us. Western church, we are so spoiled because we want it all. I love going to places like Africa and South America. Because there is no words on the screen. It's in a language I don't understand. I have no idea what they're saying or singing. But my spirit connects to the spirit of God. And even though I don't sing the words they're singing, I sing a song to the Lord. And I say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Forget not all his benefits. He forgave your iniquities. He healed your bodies. Oh, somebody, come on. It's time to stop looking at what's not working and begin focusing what is. Focusing on what is. The joy of the Lord is actually a fruit of the Spirit. Paul said in Galatians 5.22, for the fruit of the Spirit is love, the second one is joy. Think about that. When we live in the love of God and we love the people around us, regardless of who they are, the next outcome is joy in our hearts and our lives. If you don't have joy, you don't need to jump for it. You need to be operating in the love of God. 
Because the love of God produces joy in your hearts and in your life. Could it be that we equate joy and happiness as the same thing? Not true. Happiness is dependent and contingent upon my circumstances. Joy is dependent and contingent on the promises of God. And I can either choose to want happiness and seek happiness and pursue happiness, or I can choose to pursue joy. Because in His presence, there is fullness of joy. Second question, could there be healing power in joy? Oh, I think there maybe could be because Psalm 17, 20, or Proverb 17, 22 says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Wow, what a powerful statement. I'm here to tell you, it's time to express the joy of the Lord. And the more you express his joy, the more he fills you with joy. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength, is my strength. Yes, there's healing power and joy because joy expresses the presence of God. And in the presence of God, all things become possible. So why don't we try this? Instead of griping, grumbling, complaining. Taking pills because we're depressed. Instead of following the remedies of the world for an internal circumstance, why don't we instead begin to shout and begin to sing, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is his presence in my life. The joy of the Lord sustains me. The joy of the Lord keeps me. The joy of the Lord guides me and directs me. The joy of the Lord lets me receive his promises in my life. Why don't we try that? See how that works. Could there be healing power and joy? Yes. Because that there we understand God has no limits. We need to make the choice that I'm going to live in joy. Another translation, the Proverbs 17, 22 says, a broken spirit makes you bone tired. Wow, that resonates, doesn't it? Bone tired. What's the remedy? Oh, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. The joy of the Lord is your strength. There is power in the joy of the Lord that changes your attitude. And I can't prove this medically because I'm not a doctor. I can't prove it psychologically because I'm not a psychiatrist or, psychiatrist or psychologist. But I can prove it from observation. When your attitude changes, your physical demeanor changes. When your attitude changes, it opens the door for God to do something mighty inside of you. Because suddenly you understand, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I don't want to be bone tired anymore. I want to walk in His joy and express His joy. Joy is found within, happiness is found without. And joy brings contentment in our lives. Joy is a choice. And we make that choice and we learn that position through our words, through our mindset, through our practice. Psalm 125, 5 and 6 says, They who sow in tears shall reap in joy. 
He who goes continually forth weeping, bearing precious seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. What does that tell me? It tells me it's just for a season when we're walking through these places. The weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I've come to tell somebody in this place, it's time to stop crying and start rejoicing. Weeping endures just for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Do we honestly understand joy comes from the Holy Ghost moving and living within us? If we do, then can we understand we can have joy in hard times, in bad times? We never have to lose our joy. Well, I had the motorcycle wreck last October. Yvonne got a call from the guy who was on the pavement beside me. He had stopped. Somehow I told him to get into my phone and call Yvonne, and he did that. My phone's password protected. I don't remember any of this. But I gave him the password somehow. He called my wife and told her I'd had a wreck. He said to her, well, I think he's going to be all right. He wasn't a doctor. He wasn't an EMT. He was a guy following behind me. She got the call. She headed to the hospital. And I'm going to use her words. She said all the way there, devil, you will not take my joy. Oh, come on, folks. We got to have that determination that regardless of the news we hear, the position we're in, what we do or don't have, devil, you will not take my joy. Nothing is going to steal my joy. She sat in that waiting room for hours while I was in the trauma bay. He kept telling her he's going to be okay, but she didn't believe it until she saw me. And I've never asked her what her first reaction was when she saw me other than no more motorcycles. <laughs> but I'm cer certain that joy welled up within her. That God renewed and restored her joy. You know, one of the joys of my life is just spending time with my blonde. Just being able to hang out together. No phones, no company, just her and me. I love that. It renews, it restores, it reminds me what God has blessed me with and given to me. John 16, 22. Jesus said, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again. Your heart shall rejoice and your joy no man takes from you. No man takes from you. Come on, folks. It doesn't matter if you're lying in the hospital bed. If you got a bad diagnosis, if you wrecked your car, if your house burned down, if your dog died, if your cat ran away, it doesn't matter. No man can take your joy. Get that in your spirit this morning. From the message, it says the sadness you have right now is similar to that pain. But the coming joy is also similar. When I see you again, you will be full of joy and it will be a joy no one can rob from you. See, joy is a learned position. And when we learn to live in that place, then no one can take it from us. Well, you don't know my life. You don't understand what I've went through. If you lived what I've lived through, well, tell me about it. I've lived through a lot of tough stuff, but the joy of the Lord is still my strength. The apostles in Acts chapter 5 
had been put in prison for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ by the religious leaders, by the way. And in the night, the angel of the Lord came and took him out of prison and said, go, stand in the temple courtyard and preach the message of Jesus Christ. The next morning, the religious rulers sent the soldiers to bring him out of the prison. They came back and said, they're not there. The doors were locked, the guards are in place, but they're gone. And then a little while later, someone said to him, those men you put in jail last night, they're in the temple preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. They went and got him and brought him back. And they said, what are we going to do with these guys? They won't shut up. Oh, come on, be that guy that won't shut up about the goodness of God, about the gospel of Jesus Christ, about the hope that you found and the forgiveness you know and the future you have. Be that guy, be that woman, be that child. It says in Acts chapter 5 that they decide they'd just beat them and let them go. So they beat them and sent them on their way. Tell them, don't you speak in that name again. But verse 41 of Acts chapter 5 says, they counted themselves worthy and rejoiced because they suffered shame for his name. Have you been beaten because you're a believer? Have you been imprisoned because you know Christ and talk about him? I seriously doubt it. So if these guys were able to say, we departed with rejoicing because we were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name, can't you get past your circumstance and begin to rejoice in the Lord? Love the way you're shouting now. Some things that bring joy into our lives, trusting God, having confidence that he knows the way, believing that he is going to direct our steps. When we focus on Him, joy of the Lord is magnified in our life, and it moves us to a place of thanksgiving. That's why I love worship this morning. It moved us to a place of bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Oh, come on, folks. It's time again to bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Some things that kill your joy. Toxic people can kill your joy. Finding fault with others could kill your joy. Being judgmental can kill your joy. Fighting and arguing with those in your family and around you can kill your joy. Fear can kill your joy. That's why Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, God has not given you a spirit of fear but a spirit of power, love, and sound thinking. Therefore, stir up the gifts of God that are within you. Oh, come on, folks. It's time to start being fearful and start begin praising Him and stir up the gifts of God that He has placed within us. Joy is not necessarily the absence of troubles, trials, and sufferings. It is living in the promise and the presence of God. And if we're living in the promise and the presence of God, then there should be joy overflowing in our lives. It's an old hymn. It says it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Lastly, joy is a divine gift from God. 
Romans 15, 13, Paul wrote, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. I love that. If you haven't memorized the scripture, memorize that one. Put it on your bathroom mirror. Remind yourself every morning that God of all hope is filling me with joy. And that joy brings hope into my life through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Luke 19, verses 1 through 10, the previous chapter, you find Jesus on the road to Jericho. And there's a blind man sitting there and he hears a crowd coming. And when he asks, they say, it's Jesus of Nazareth. So he began crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The more they tried to silence him, the louder he cried. Jesus heard him, he stopped and he said, your sight is restored. And the blind man began to see. Wonderful, powerful miracle. But he didn't stop there, he went on down the road. And he saw this man up in a tree. That man's name was Zacchaeus. You'll find it Luke 19, 1 through 10. Zacchaeus heard he was coming and he wanted to see him. Now listen, Zacchaeus was so crooked when he died, they're going to have to screw him in the ground. This guy was vermin. Yeah, some will get you that, get that next week. But he heard Jesus was coming. He wanted to see him. When Jesus was walking down the road, he looked up and there's Zacchaeus in the tree. Now, no condemnation. He had to climb a tree because he was short. There's a lot of advantages to being tall. I can see over the top of that crowd. Never going to be as tall as my grandson, who's 6'7", but I like being tall. Jesus saw him and said, Zacchaeus, come on down. We're going to your house for dinner. Something happened in Zacchaeus. Because suddenly he's saying, if I have defrauded anyone, I give it back again and again. If I have stolen from anyone, I give it back again and again. You see, what happened is the presence of God touched his life, and because of that touch, he was transformed. You say, well, he didn't say the sinner's prayer. No, he went far beyond the sinner's prayer. He said, I'm going to restore because I have met you. I'm going to be changed because I have encountered you. The joy of the Lord brings strength into our life. Luke 19, 6, Zacchaeus said, and he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Stand with me. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18 says, rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Read it one more time. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Somebody needs to rejoice this morning. Tom's coming back. I don't know what he's going to sing. It doesn't matter. Because we're going to be focused on what's happening out here. We're going to focus on what's happening in here. And as he begins to sing, if you're one of those folks, you need a new dose of the joy of the Lord. You need to infuse you and fill you with the joy of the Lord. Then just step out and come. We're going to pray. God's going to touch you this morning. Come on, there's no shame in responding. The shame is in staying where you're at. Shame is in refusing the offer that God is giving to you today. 
If you need the joy of the Lord in your life, step out and come. Can I tell you, I've had to be in that place many, many times in my life. Anytime we take our eyes off of the promise and only see the circumstance, we're in that place. And God wants to renew us and touch us and change us. Oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. In His presence there is fullness of joy. They who go forth weeping bring precious sheaves. Sheaves shall no doubt return again. Rejoicing, bringing their harvest, the proof of what God has done with them. You need the joy of the Lord. Step out and come right now. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 1030 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.